Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. After I got verbally spanked by the league office yesterday, now they didn't officially verbally spank me. They sort of spanked Fritzy because I just said to Fritzy, just reach out to the NFL and ask, can Kevin Stefanski be involved somehow, some way with this game? I just wanted to know the rules. I, I was pleading my ignorance to the NFL just to say, enlighten me, just so I could enlighten my audience here. Is there any way, at what point do they say, Kevin Stefanski has to turn off all lines of communication with the team prior to the game against the Steelers? And then Todd got... Uh, do you have the email there in front of you, Todd? Can I don't, but basically it said, how come you're not asking about Darren Be- Bevel? So that uh, they basically, you know, took a little shot there. Like, why does it matter now when this wasn't uh, discussed in the past? Now, all of a sudden, Daryl Bevel has become part of the show, part of the fabric here that we'll <laughs> always have Daryl Bevel. Why didn't you ask about Daryl Bevel? No matter what the conversation is, we can always say, <laughs> why didn't you ask about Daryl Bevel? Yeah, Sue. Um, should we do a uh, What About Daryl Bevel t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> what about Daryl Bevel? Sign the NFL. Yes, McClub. I do think you're being a little hypocritical. I mean, asking about the first playoff game for Cleveland in 18 years compared to a week 14 meaningless Lions game. <laughs> did you remember Daryl Bevel took over the Lions? I did not until this that email came I, over. I, I did remember, but, you know, when the league office says, why didn't you ask about Daryl Bevel? He's an interim head coach on a team that nobody cares about. This is a playoff game. It does feel like we want to bend the rules a little bit because it's the Browns and Kevin Stefanski. Let, let's say this was Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick. I don't think people would be advocating for, is there a way that uh, Belichick can somehow be involved in this? Can we come up with the Pope mobile to allow Belichick to be on the sidelines there? But the Browns, it felt like people were looking for any kind of loophole. You know, this is not just the media. Fans were looking at this as well, that, oh, this is a shame. The Browns finally make the playoffs and then their head coach can't be there. And he's the offensive coordinator as well. Yeah, Paul. The one thing I love about this show, though, is if Daryl Bevel happens to get the Lions job or any other head coaching job, and let's say three years from now he wins the Super Bowl and that team says he'll join the show the Tuesday after Super Bowl. The first thing we will ask him about is the email where he was referenced by the NFL, because that's what we do. Uh, I don't think he's going to be winning a Super Bowl, and he's not going to get the Lions job. Hater. I don't think. Hater. Um, let's see. Here, Here's the email from NFL uh, PR. Uh, Stefanski, he's coaching now. It's only once the game starts that he cannot participate. It's a longstanding policy that has nothing to do with COVID. 
Why didn't you ask this question about Daryl Bevel and the Lions a couple of weeks ago? The game is played and coached by people at the stadium. Okay. Like you could have said it in a nicer way. Hey, you know, keep keep in mind, you know, Stefanski's not the first NFL coach who won't be able to coach. It happened to Daryl Bevel and the Lions a couple of weeks ago. Okay. That's it. Use your nice voice to me, okay? They've had a long year. But so have I. They only have to juggle one sport. I had to deal with all of these sports. And Todd is always nice. He's very polite when he asks these questions. Thank God they didn't send it to Paulie. <laughs> Who knows what Paulie would have said? Oh, yeah? yeah. And that's how it would have been. No name. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Uh, what's the poll question we have, McLovin? So the first one was, uh, which vacancy would you want amongst the six openings? And it's really a runaway for the Chargers. Yeah. So I just put up uh, what's the AFC wildcard team that has the best shot of advancing to the Super Bowl? And the odds are in favor. It goes the Bills, the Ravens, the Steelers, Titans, Colts, or Browns. I think the Bills are going to win. I just put it up, but I think the Bills are going to win this one. Yeah, probably so. Dan Orlovsky was on with us, former NFL quarterback. He works for the Mothership NFL Live. And, uh, I asked him a couple of questions. We had a, a, a nice conversation in the first hour. And uh, I asked him if he thinks Jared Goff is going to play this weekend against Seattle. And here's Orlovsky's answer. Uh, Jared Goff, I would be shocked if he doesn't play. This is like Goff gives them a way better chance to win the football game than Walford does. You know, a way better chance. And if Goff feels good, especially early on, I think the Rams win the game. Because I don't think beating Seattle is – I think it's first team to 20 points, right? (laughs) And if you watch those two games back – I actually texted Jared because I know him. And uh, I just sent him a note and I said, find your freaking check down. Because there's eight eight times that the check down is wide open and he just won't throw it. He's trying to do something else. And he responded back to me, ha, ha, ha. Um, So I I think he gets the point. Um, So you think he's playing? I think he's playing. Okay. I, I, I haven't I haven't asked him that question. I try to kind of like respect that stuff. Well, I if you're him. saying to him, you're checked down, it, you're not talking about next year. Like you're talking no, about no, no, this no. weekend. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm anticipating he's playing because I've had that injury and I and I kind of know the surgery that he had and, and know that you can come back in two weeks from it. So that's Dan Orlovsky, and he was texting with just the fact that Goff could text with the banged up thumb. But, you know, maybe he's uh, thumb fingers. But, you know, if, if that th- right thumb is working on the uh, texting part of this, then, uh, all right, probably going to play. How did you prepare for the Seahawks? I was texting. I got my thumb rehabilitated by texting there. Yeah, McLevin. Someone tweeted some stats. Goff's had no success against the Seahawks, and the Seahawks have had no success against the Rams offense. I don't know who's going to score in this game. In two games versus Seattle this season, Goff threw 80 passes. He did not have a touchdown pass. He was sacked six times. Yeah, McLeod. I saw Metcalf has one catch on Jalen Ramsey in two games. Mm-hmm. That's like the... Is this going to be like 15 I, to 13? Yes, it feels like. No, it does feel like the first team that gets to 20 is going to win this game. But it feels like it'll be 13-9 starting the fourth quarter. Just feels like. You know, it's never a clean score... There are certain teams, the, the Titans, the Colts, you know, the Texans. It'd be like 16 to 11 or something. <laughs> and you go, how did you get there? I don't know. 18-12 overture. But there are certain teams that just have crooked numbers. We also stumbled upon this story with our good buddy Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. And uh, he's going to join us here in a little bit. There is a growing buzz in league circles that Deshaun Watson could ask to be traded and his new contract doesn't make it as difficult as you'd think. Yeah, Paul. That story went out. There's already Bears fans on Twitter going, fix a mistake, fix a mistake. Yeah. Well, you passed on Watson and Mahomes, but uh, Deshaun Watson, only one's available. Uh, Well, (laughs) neither available, one might be. Yeah, McLovin. Our Twitter feed's getting hit by every fan base. Broncos fans are going nuts. Say After you said it, uh, Broncos fans are like, bring him to Denver. Oh, I wonder what it'll cost you, though, if uh, you're going to try to trade for him there. But we'll, we'll talk to Florio here. I mean, this, 
this might be just a, yeah, you know, there's a little chatter here that he's not happy. I know he's not happy in Houston, but I don't know if he's unhappy enough to ask to be traded. Yeah, McLeod. If Bill O'Brien was still the GM, you could probably get him for a third rounder. You know, you probably go back to DeAndre Hopkins. And they didn't get enough for DeAndre Hopkins. But you know what? Maybe you could trade him to... Hmm, where could you trade him? Yeah, if Bill O'Brien was there, what he, he'd get a... Hey, we got a third rounder for him. Yeah, We, we traded Deshaun Watson, we got a third rounder for him. The Dunder Mifflin family has found a new home. The office streaming now exclusively on Peacock. Whether you know every quote or you're a newbie to Scranton, you can stream every episode again and again and again. Sign up at PeacockTV.com to stream... Now, uh, I opened the last two hours. I did talk a little bit about what happened yesterday in our nation's capital. And I'm trying to keep this sports related. And uh, there were, uh, you know, shows of unity uh, protest last night with uh, a couple of NBA teams. I didn't know if you'd have college basketball games canceled. George Washington uh, had their game canceled last night. You have a football game in Washington, D.C. coming up this weekend. You know, you want to hear people opine on uh, the political ramifications or uh, what led to that or what's going to happen over the next two weeks. There's certain uh, other outlets that you can, uh, you can find those. You can find those uh, uh, in plenty, but not, not here. I told you I would try to keep it to sports. It's not a stick to sports and, and people who are calling up and Marvin is the person who answers the phone call. Like don't, don't say, Hey, Tell Dan to stick to sports, okay? I do. I have been. And I've been doing this a long time. But but I, I have to, I, I'm a person here. And that's where yesterday I'm watching this just like you were, as a person. But when you say stick to sports, it doesn't feel like that's a relevant statement for everyone today, including myself. And I, you know, what do I add to this? And that's always what I I ask myself. What am I adding to the conversation? Other than I saw it, we we had a reaction to it. Um, It's hard to compartmentalize. I mean, really, that's what it came down to. And I don't want to seem like I'm avoiding, you know, what is obvious here. But I've always told you our goal is to advance something. I want to push it forward. And I don't know how this is pushed forward. In our world, in what we live in, and I live in a three-hour vacuum, and it's a world that I create. And, and I chose and I choose to create it in, in this form. And I promised you when I first started, I would not troll you. I would not go after sensationalistic you know, topics. I, I, I don't want to force anything on you. If it happens, we talk about it. If it means something, it's like Colin Kaepernick. I didn't go out of my way to talk about him. But when it impacted the game, when it impacted his tryout possibilities, then it was worth bringing up. But I didn't go, hmm, how about we go to Kaepernick again? That's not how I do my show. I'm not here to create a story. I'm here to cover a story. And that's our approach, and that will be my approach. But to call up and then say to Marvin, you know, tell Dan to stick to sports, among the other language that's being used, just don't listen or watch the show. If, if we're not for you, you're not for me. Like it, it, it's okay. No harm. Go find another one. I'm sure you can. This is who we're going to be no matter what you say. When you call up and say stick to sports, okay? I do sports for a living. What do you do for a living? I don't tell you to just stick to whatever it is you do. So don't do that to us. All right? Uh, Phone calls, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email, yeah, here I am saying, phone calls, call in. Yell at Marvin there. And by the way, Marvin's a tough guy. He doesn't need for me to stand up for him. I just, I don't like knowing that that's happening. You know, this audience is the best audience in, in, in sports radio. And I love Marvin. He's probably the 
coolest guy. He's the most honest guy that I have in the building. No. Well, sorry, guys. I can see. I tried to say something nice about Not somebody. Not any objections from me on that. <laughs> Marvin, no, Marvin's got a great shoe game. He matches his Niners sweatshirt to his Niners shoes. Yeah, Marvin's good dude. Good dude. But, you know, I just, I, you don't need to call in and say th- something to him. The uh, 1215 podcast this week, by the way, is why doesn't Dan think the rest of us are honest? <laughs> well, no. Let's have Alan on, the IT guy. Alan, Dan complied that you might be a liar or more of a liar than guys, Marvin. Uh, guys, let's get you in on this topic. You're not as honest <laughs> as Marvin. You're honest, especially Todd. But you're not as honest. Like uh, Marvin keeps it real. That's all. He just keeps it real. And, and, and I, I have great appreciation for him. Because it's not an easy job that he has back there. Yes, McLeod. You trust him more than Dylan, the degenerate gambler yes. smoking cigarettes outside? Yes. <laughs> Tyler, the creator? Yes. The big German? Yes. Now, Rob, the, the intern, I trust him. Mario, I do not trust him. <laughs> you can't trust him. Come on. No, I can't. Yes, McLeod. Rob, the intern, is the most mature person in this building sometimes. <laughs> it feels like. Am I crazy to think that? Do you know that when I come back in the afternoon, usually around 4 o'clock, he's always here. He's working on the newsletter, and he and Mario do a great job. Sign up for the newsletter. They do a great job with that. But he's, he's here before se- or around 7, and then he's here till 5 every day. Uh, it's sad. Well, he's an intern. <laughs> he's got to pay his dues here. But uh, as he said, he has no life, so he might as well be here helping out with the newsletter. <laughs> Yes, Paul. And I've known Rob, the intern, for a while. It has nothing to do with the pandemic. He had no life before <laughs> the pandemic. Trust me. Nothing going on. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, what do we have with um, championship odds that you just sent me here, McLevin? Do I, what do I care about here? I think it's interesting, and I don't want to say this. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm being honest here. Like, why you sent me these, and I go, okay, Kansas City is the favorite, and so is Green Bay. Well, one team has stormed up, and you happen to pick them to go to the Super Bowl. The Ravens Ravens. are the hot team. Yeah, But how do you – is it going to be last year's Ravens where they weren't ready for the playoffs, or is this a a new Ravens? I got the feeling that Lamar Jackson, something – the light went on with him, and he just said, look, now I got to do all of this. I can't – we're not getting wide receivers here, Uh, you know, regular season's nice, but we have to do what we do – and continue to do that. But you had people who thought they could go undefeated this year. Um, you know, Dobbins is, is good, you know, but it's got to be, you, you have to get out in front of Tennessee. Like the battle of the running games. Because when Tennessee gets out and then makes you one-dimensional, uh, it, it affords them to not be one-dimensional with just a running game. You have play action that works with Tannehill. And then with Baltimore, you got to get out in front and if you don't, then I think they're going to be in trouble again. Yeah, McLevin. Baltimore puts a lot of pressure on the officials because they are quite aggressive in the backfield. Like you, every time I watch him, Marlon Humphrey's all over a guy. And like that's P.I. is going to be a big deal. I don't know. Like they, don't they feel like that tough team where they're just going to hit you, hit you, hit you? And then... Well, Seattle was like that. Seattle, yeah. Seattle years ago would basically say to the officials, go ahead, call it. We're, we're going to do this every play. You're not going to call pass interference every play. We're going to be physical every single play. And you have to pick and choose when you're going to call it. Uh, Nate in Oklahoma, before we take a break, then Mike Florio will tell us if this is just an opinion on Deshaun Watson or is he gathering opinions that people think Deshaun Watson may ask out of Houston. Hey, Nate. Hey, DP. Um, as a Titans fan, I re- formally request every team in the NFL to um, request a trade with the Texans for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I don't care where he goes, just somebody take him. Um, but I wanted to mention on Derrick Henry, he talked about his longevity. Um, I was watching the game last weekend, and it really made me nervous as he got closer to that 400 uh, carry mark in a season. You know, his his running style is more Dickerson-like, and the tracks are, as long as he doesn't get any arthritis in that elbow and he can still throw people to the ground, that's great. Um, but I still worry more about Arthur Smith maybe leaving for a head coaching job and the Titans uh, treating offense like they did the defense. I'll just put 11 guys out there or a new offensive coordinator just coming in and saying, let's just run Derrick Henry. Um, all right, thanks, guys. All right, thank you, Nate. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, they're probably, it feels like they're going to lose their offensive coordinator in Tennessee with all these openings. But uh, 
you know, because it used to be Tennessee didn't have a creative offense. They had pretty good defense, but they didn't have a creative offense. And now you watch them. They have weapons. I mean, they have legit wide receivers that are dangerous and big dudes. And then you put Henry in there and Tannehill. Like, if you look at wide receiver, running back, quarterback, Tennessee's may have the biggest guys because Tannehill was, what, 6'5". Derek Henry, there's nobody built like that. And then these two wide receivers are pretty imposing as well. Yeah, Paul. Tannehill had the best season of his career, though. He had 4,000 yards, 33 touchdowns. It's not like he threw for 18 touchdowns and Derek Henry did everything else. 33 touchdowns, that's, that's really solid. But they didn't used to have weapons, wide receivers. I mean, you didn't think of, I'd go back to Derek Mason. Like, you know, I, I wasn't thinking Tennessee with great tight ends. Yeah, McLovin. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's success is another thing that made Adam Gase look bad. Because <laughs> Gase had him in I Miami know. and couldn't do anything. Oh, I know. So New Yorkers would be like, wait, Ryan Tannehill is good now? What happened? All right, we'll take a break. Uh, phone calls coming up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Play nice today, all right? Got 40 more minutes here with this show. All right. 877-3DP-SHOW. And uh, we'll come back with Mike Florio after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I'm having a nice, peaceful day trying to navigate through these uh, troubled waters here today. And all of a sudden, we stumble upon Pro Football Talk, and Paulie goes, Hey, click on this. Now, usually when he says click on something, it's something that's entertaining or something goofy. And then I click on it and I go, 
Wait a minute. What? What's Florio saying here on Pro Football Talk about Deshaun Watson and uh, maybe starting to hear that he wants out of Houston and that contract would be uh, tradable? I said, all right, get Florio on the show. We got something to talk about here. So Mike Florio, Mr. Pro Football Talk, uh, joining us on the show. Where'd this come from, Mike? Well, what happens when you do this for a living? You end up talking to a lot of different people. You hear from a lot of different people. You hear unsolicited things from certain people. And when I start to hear something over and over again from people in different universes in that broader NFL galaxy, or it would be galaxies within the broader universe. Either way, they know who we mean. Either way, the, the, uh, the point is, when I start hearing the same thing from different people who I believe aren't churning the same stuff, that's when I start to pay attention to it. And I was very careful in how I wrote it. This isn't something that has happened. This isn't something that will happen. But there is a growing belief that it could happen, that Deshaun Watson could say, I've had enough I'm out. I think the head coaching hire is going to be a key piece of this because they've made it clear, Dan, and Deshaun has said this himself. They're asking his input on who the coach should be. So if they ask his input and he gives it and they don't hire the guy that he said, I'd like to work with, that would tend to alienate a franchise quarterback. And the one thing that fascinates me, yesterday Shefty reported that Eric Bieniemy has already interviewed for the other five head coaching openings, and he's not going to be interviewed by the Texans. How in the hell do you not at least interview the guy who's at the top of everyone's list? I'm with you because I want to glean some information from Eric Bieniemy of what Kansas City thinks about my team. And I mentioned this last hour, you know, this interviewing process – it's a fact-finding mission for a lot of these teams because they'll go to Joe Brady and go, Joe, what do you think of the Falcons? You know, you faced them a couple of times. Tell us. You may not give him the job, but you want that information there. And at least, you know, the lowest uh, part of this is I'm going to bring him in or I can Zoom him and he can tell me what he thinks of Deshaun Watson, J.J. Uh, Watt. What would you do with the defense? Uh, wide receivers, Will Fuller. Like, those are the things you want out of these guys. It's the Al Davis approach. That's what he always did when he was hiring a coach. Interview as many people as possible. It's a free opportunity to pick the brains of your competitors. You know, the Panthers, I've heard somewhere between 20 and 40 GM candidates are going to interview for that same reason. It's a free opportunity to pick brains. Now, it could be this, Dan. It could be that... Bienemy is a guy that Deshaun Watson would want to work with. So if you go too far down the path with Bienemy, it's harder to say no. So it's easier to, to just never interview him than to interview him and say to Deshaun, <laughs> well, we, we picked this guy instead of Eric Bienemy. Wow. Wow. I got I'm trying to wrap my brain around that one that that you're not going to bring him in because if you do bring him in and then you don't hire him is Deshaun. So is Deshaun going to be more upset if you don't bring him in at all, or you bring him in and then you don't give him the job. Is that what you're saying, Mike? Well, right. And this assumes that Bienemy is a guy for whom Deshaun Watson would be stumping. But when you look at what Bienemy has done with Patrick Mahomes the past couple of years, a guy who was drafted two spots before Watson. And if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking at Josh Allen. I'm looking at these other young quarterbacks and saying, I'm as good as them. Yeah. If I was in Kansas City, we'd be the one seed in the AFC. If I was in Buffalo, we'd be on the brink of taking the franchise to places it hasn't been in decades. How can I make something happen here? And I also think that the aftermath of the Bill O'Brien experience, the Patriot connection, the Nick Casario hire, if they hire a Brian Dayball, who's got some Patriot DNA, is that just too much? for Watson, given what happened with Bill O'Brien, the trades that were made, the dysfunction that has been left in the aftermath of the O'Brien experience. Again, I'm not saying it's going to happen. And, and, and maybe he's extra next level and he's just letting it be known that he's thinking about it as that shot across the bow to get the Texans to take his preference seriously. It could all work out very well, but it's out there. And it's a, a subject of conversation, and I can't imagine that teams wouldn't be lined up out the door if there was an opportunity to get to Sean Watson. You work for NBC Sports, Football Night in America, and Drew Brees has a job there waiting for him. Um, are you under the impression, Mike, that Drew Brees is joining the studio team next year? 
Dan, listen, they only wake me up for the unimportant meetings. I don't know what's going on. And I personally believe that Drew Brees is going to be inclined to play again next year if they have another one of these close but no cigars. I think it would torment him for the rest of his life if he steps out of football after four straight years of getting in shouting distance of the Super Bowl, having some sort of crazy thing happen that causes them to lose, and he believes he's still physically capable of playing. The Phil Simms advice to Brett Favre years ago was keep playing until they rip the uniform off of you. So I'm not sure Breeze walks away, but I have a feeling the Saints are ready for him to walk away. That's where it gets a little bit awkward. They've been very respectful to Drew Brees. Sean Payton a couple of times this year has alluded to the notion that Brees won't be back next year. And <laughs> it may be the decision gets made for him. I got verbally spanked yesterday by the league office. I had the audacity to ask about Kevin Stefanski, if there's any way, like what's the rule leading up to the game? Any, you know, can he be involved? And then the league sent back a, an email saying, uh, why didn't you ask about Daryl Bevel a couple of weeks ago? Um, you know, and I, my immediate thought was, well, nobody cares about Daryl. Yeah, Bevel, nobody cares. And, yeah, and it's not why. a playoff game. <laughs> and then he goes, well, the rules, you know, we, we were told by the person PR that the, these are the rules. They've been in place. The, the people who coach are there on site and they coach. But it feels like there's this groundswell, whether it's in the media, NFL circles, because it's the Browns, Kevin Stefanski, and what a shame he's going to miss out on a playoff game, their first in 18 years. So it's a big loss here, but if you're Stefanski, what can you contribute to help Baker Mayfield? Once the game starts, absolutely nothing. This is all information that would have to be conveyed via Zoom, via meetings, via discussions before the game. There's no rule that allows him to, to be there present with someone holding up an iPad with a FaceTime hookup where he's actually talking to Baker Mayfield during the game. Those electronic devices are all prohibited for those purposes. So he's out. He's done. He can't be involved in this game. And, you know, I argue from time to time that a good head coach is worth more financially than a good player. Last week when we were going through the Jared Goff, will he play, won't he play, how good is he? I said, you know, if I'm going to give $33.5 million a year to Jared Goff or Sean McVay, I'm giving it to Sean McVay, not Jared Goff. I mean, Bill Belichick, whatever he's getting paid, nobody knows what he's getting paid. Whatever it is, he deserves more. He's worth more. Other than a Patrick Mahomes, a shortlist great player, a great coach is worth more. And we're going to find out on Sunday night, a playoff game with Mike Prefer, a special teams coordinator running the show. Who's going to talk to Baker Mayfield after he's rattled by something he sees in the secondary and, and has a mistake, throws an interception or almost throws an interception. If he's getting chased around by TJ Watt, who's going to calm him down? That's where we're going to see the value of a head coach, Dan. Uh, job openings, the best and worst. Best is the Chargers by far because they have Justin Herbert and he's the real deal. Next is the Jacksonville Jaguars because they have the right to Trevor Lawrence and we assume he's going to be the real deal. But I'll always take the guy who's shown he can do it at the NFL level over the guy who we just think can do it. Beyond that, Dan, and the Jets, I don't really know what to think about the Jets. I think the Jets would be number three because Joe Douglas, the GM, is building the team the right way in the trenches, built from the inside out, not the outside in. The other three jobs, frankly, Lions, Falcons, and Texans, if I'm in demand and if I have options, I'm going to wait a year yeah. because my concern, and this is a real concern among people who are candidates for these jobs, it doesn't get talked about nearly enough. You've got individuals in the organization between GM coach and owner. There's another executive. There's another layer there. It's Rich McKay in Atlanta. It's Rod Wood and now Chris Spielman in Detroit. It's Jack Easterby in Houston. Who's whispering to the owner? Who's undermining what I'm trying to do? I want a straight shot to the owner. I want to be able to communicate to the owner and not worry about what some other executive who doesn't have the same accountability I have may be saying to the owner when I'm inevitably going through a rough stretch. Shefty had something yesterday or day before about Cam Newton. He was on a radio station in Boston. But it comes from Shefty. It's not a report, but he was saying, hey, I could see maybe where Cam could end up with Washington. And most of us had the reaction of, gosh, I can't see him making that kind of money. Uh, and then you realize, well, wait a minute here. Is it news? Because it's Adam Schefter saying, I could see him there. I can't imagine Shefty going, 
you know what, let me just throw this out there without having some kind of backdrop to this. So how do you, what do you make of that, not report, but that opinion by uh, Shefty? Well, I don't think it's outlandish because of the history between Ron Rivera and Cam Newton. You know, we always assume that if there's a past relationship, there's a presumption and a desire by both parties to continue the relationship. Sometimes the past relationship will cause people to say, no way in hell. Sorry, been there, done that. Life's too short. I don't want to work with that person again. And what I heard yesterday was, and I think it got misquoted. I thought Shefty was saying 40 to 50 million a year for Cam Newton. He, he was saying 40 a to 50 year. million over a two year deal. Yeah. And look, I'd have to know how it's structured. I'd be very hesitant to make a significant financial commitment to Cam Newton without knowing that he's more like the guy in 2015 than the guy in 2020. And, you know, whether you do it with incentives, per game roster bonuses, I would not want to make a huge financial commitment to him. Now, look, the Patriots got a steal, 3.7 million for their starting quarterback for the full year, even though they were seven and nine, that was a bargain. He deserves more than that. But between 20 and 30 million, I would want that to be based on what he does for me. And then he gets rewarded after the fact, not blindly pay him that money going in. Yeah, I think Shefty said that, you know, incentive laden. But I was also wondering this. Ron Rivera gets there and could have brought in Cam. I don't know if because the owner said, no, you're drafting Dwayne Haskins and you're going to develop Dwayne Haskins. You can't have Cam come in and Bigfoot him and say, no, no, I'm the starter you're not going to be. I, I don't know if that was the line of thinking there, Mike, but it felt like Ron couldn't bring in Cam if he wanted to. Well, think about this. Ron Rivera arrived as the head coach of the Panthers the same year that Cam Newton was the first overall pick in the draft. And Cam Newton quickly became the face of the franchise and in some ways bigger than the franchise. And it very well could be that Ron Rivera has decided that's not the ideal way to build a championship team. Look, that's what Bill Belichick wanted to get away from in New England with Drew Bledsoe. That's one of the reasons why he was already thinking about the shift to Tom Brady before Mo Lewis blew up Drew Bledsoe. So you don't want one person to overtake the team. And it could be that for both guys, mm. Cam Newton and Ron Rivera, nine years together was enough. Mm. You got an upset pick this weekend that we can make fun of on Monday? Rams? That's an upset. They're three and a half point dogs. I'll say Rams. That's the only one. I think, I think the other ones all win. All the favorites win. We had Orlovsky on, and he basically was guaranteeing that Jared Goff's playing. Oh, you know what? No, I didn't pick the Rams. I picked the Seahawks. I went with the scratch across the board. Sims picked the Rams. We both went back and forth on the Rams and Seahawks. I did pick the Seahawks, and I don't care if Goff's playing. Goff and John Wolf, it doesn't matter. Goff, like I said, $33.5 million. Give it to McVay, not to Goff. I'm still not sold on Goff. What's his future there? Well, I, when you look at the cap hits and, you know, you, you, a lot of times teams will double down when they're criticized for giving too much money to a guy. I think they got a couple more years where, as a practical matter, they have to keep him around. But if I'm Sean McVay, just like uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, and Shanahan should be there right now. I'm looking around at my options. And McVay, I think, is inching toward that point. Shanahan and the 49ers should be there right now. Oh, I agree. I've said that since they got Garoppolo. Like, I don't get it. But uh, it felt like, you know, even their game plan was not to involve a quarterback's arm, uh, which is pretty amazing that you guys. It was to... Bob Greasy in the playoffs last year. They, they, he freaked Shanahan out in the second half of the Vikings game when he almost threw what would have been his third interception of the day. There was only one interception that was ultimately thrown. And then they went into the early 70s Dolphins mode until the Super Bowl, where it was let's protect the offense from Jimmy Garoppolo. And look, the bigger concern I have, Dan, he gets injured too often. There's a point where you can't say, well, it was bad luck here and it was bad luck there. At a certain point, it's on you as the quarterback to stay healthy and be available to your team. What's the best thing that you have to drink behind you? This is a wine cellar, so it's just wine. I'm a big Camus guy. Do you like Camus? Yeah. 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 I I got a, I got a, I got a couple of suggestions for you if you oh, like Camus. I'm happy. Please, please, I'm, I'm more than happy to hear uh, okay. any suggestions about wine. I'm still a novice in that regard. But let me tell you this: it reminds me of New Year's Eve. We had a very enjoyable New Year's Eve. It was a two Camus bottle New Year's Eve, Whoa. and uh, you know, you, you have just on the edge of a little bit. I didn't have a show the next morning, so I could sleep in. I stayed up past midnight, which gets harder and harder as we get older. Went to bed at about one o'clock. Slipped into a very deep, restful sleep. 
And at 1.56 a.m., I got a Happy New Year text from Todd Fritz. <laughs> Fritzy, what are you doing? I'm sound asleep yeah, after the, a two-bottle Camus night. I was hoping that wasn't going to make some kind of noise or vibration on your phone that I can quietly Wait, are you being that. serious, Mike? Yes. Pretty, yes, Seton. 1.56 a.m. I don't know what time zone he's dealing with. <laughs> it's not midnight yet in Denver, and it's two hours late Yes, in, in the eastern time zone. I wanted to be the first one to wish you a happy new year. Yes, Seton. My favorite part of that is that at 1.56, Todd, you were definitely not the first person to wish him a happy new year. And actually, you had spent, <laughs> you had spent two hours going through your Rolodex, texting wow. everybody, happy new year. And Mikey finally got to you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Almost My two hours hours later. I just made it under the two-hour window. You, did. you know that he he didn't send it. You didn't send any of those to us. I did. I don't like you guys. Florian, I love. I said I could call him, and two minutes later, he comes on the show. Todd, Todd, you're allowed to love me less. <laughs> love me at midnight. I don't do that. I, I should have been more sensitive to the times. Uh, whose wife do you always text? That oh, I Joe said, Buck. Yes, yeah. that's accidentally because I keep thinking it's Joe's number and somehow it's his wife's. And how all it takes is one time. I know, to but understand. I, I, I somehow made a mistake like three times. <laughs> yeah, I know. She was a Broncos cheerleader. Yeah, I know. Has nothing to do with it. Mike, thank you. Hey, happy New Have Year. Have a good week. Yeah, happy, happy New, New Year, Year, Fritzy. Thanks, buddy. You too. <laughs> you it's Mike Florio. Be well. Uh, 1.56 in the morning? I didn't even realize. I guess I should have been more sensitive to the time. I figured he's up all hours of the night. He's looking into all kinds of but stories and writing. what were you writing. doing? What were you doing? I'm always up. I don't sleep. Early. I got sleep apnea. I'm watching movies. It's 2, 3, 4 in the morning, and I'm still wide awake. I take a little, a little nap in the afternoon, and then I'm ready to go. Yes, he. I did get a, like, 2 in the afternoon your Mountaineers about to take on Army, like ESPN2. Happy New Year. Yeah. Like, thanks, that. man. That was really nice of him. I didn't get one. Nah. I did. I, did. I think I just picked Seton out of the group. You know, I got one from your brother and your sister, Todd. How about that? I have yeah. a sister? Oh, yes, I do. That's right. Yeah, your sister. Melissa. That's yeah, when oh, she, and you got the digits, too, huh? Oh, yeah. Dang. Your sister. All right. When she loads up the emojis, whoa. Yeah, she could be a little much with that. Yeah. Wow. She means well. Yeah. Whoa. Like my mom, they mean well. Todd just says his sister could be a little much. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike me. Just let uh, you guys crazy. Uh, last call for phone calls. We'll close up shop after that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for hanging with us today. Wasn't quite sure the tone of the show, but uh, we managed our way through it. Got some football to talk about tomorrow. Adam Thielen, the Vikings wide receiver, is going to join us. Be a playoff analyst here for us, so... Uh... That's part of the uh, Friday show. It's a meat Friday. My good friend Todd got to pick out what we're having. We're having chicken pot pie. How nice is on that? On the Traeger tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken pot pie. Uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Nice cold day. Build a fire out there. Maybe some uh, after show beers. <sighs> chicken pot pie. Oh, I'm at pot pie. You know what that's from? That was my Eric Hartman South Park impersonation. Was that okay? What do you think of that? I never saw an episode of South Park. Oh, come on. I swear, I've never seen an episode. I'm not fat, I'm big bone. Hey! (laughs) Dan, you will really love it. If you go back to the first ones, you'll really love it. I'm a little late. Yeah, but the early ones especially, yeah. You'll love it. Uh, Lubomir is uh, back on loan from the Ukraine. Hey, Lubomir. Dan Patrick, in Eastern Europe, it's Christmas time, so Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas, Lubomir. I was 12 years old when I moved from Ukraine to United States. And as most people are somewhat aware, Ukraine has a history of volatility on the top. And one of the most refreshing things and some of my best memories of my teenage years in the United States have to deal with American sports. And so this is very unfortunate that something that of the current events that happened today are affecting us talking about you know, these moments like that. And so I just uh, hope that, you know, we all together as a society can come together to have a mutual understanding how these things that happen on the top, they affect everything, you know, sports, jobs. I mean, even Ukrainians going to church on Sunday, they want to talk about American politics. And so these are the things that we cannot, it's impossible to ignore. But at the same time, I am very grateful that we do have these moments of little, as you mentioned, somewhat distractions that we can talk about. We can still enjoy on some level, and I wish we can, you know, power through it. Thank you. Thank you, you Lubomir. Always great to hear from you. We appreciate that. This day in sports history, Pauline? Uh, this day in sports history, 1994, Tanya Harding won the USA uh, Skating Championships. My girlfriend. Your great friend, Tanya yeah, Harding. Yeah. And then uh, that's it. That's the only good one. Kind of slow. Okay. But Todd does a this day in he's, sports he's kind of hijacked. I've been stealing like lots of stuff from Paulie, but that's a sign of you know I, I appreciate his creativity. I did that with you know a lot of things for like lo- live look-ins and stuff like that. Yeah, but stole it. remember when you were cheating off somebody's paper in high school? Oh, so I, this like, is a habitual thing over the years of just like you're other you're you're just stealing from people. It all started with that limerick back when I was like yeah, in second grade. I just took it right oh, out of the book. Todd had a limerick about John Elway. And I said, I, I can't do it, Todd. I, you didn't love it. Oh, did I even what? say it? No, I don't think I No, no, you sent it to me. You sent it to me. I don't know if I did it on the air, though. No, no, no. We no, still no, got no. a minute or two. I got to find it. Please don't. Are <laughs> you sure you want? I'm seriously good. I liked it, actually. Yeah, Todd sent me a limerick about John Elway. I have it right here. Demoting himself or whatever it is. All right, go ahead. It's been a tough year for me, seven. Actually, the past five haven't been heaven. No longer being GM is best. Bottom of the AFC West. Let's do better than 5-11. and 11. It's mattering. It's mattering. No, it's one. It's, uh, Not I, even a smattering. I don't think it's a smattering. <laughs> it's just one. It was hard to write that. It was very emotional. 
<laughs> my job is to help you help yourself. I know, and uh, I'm doing a terrible Dude, job of taking your advice. It's hard to write it. It's harder to listen to it. It's actually an elevated position. Uh, Todd, by the way, gets a pie to the face tomorrow, but he is making the pie after the show. Which is where the hilarity really would ensue. We will, we will document that. Todd, what did I learn on today's almost award-winning today's almost award-winning talked program? Over you. Dan Orlovsky has triplets, including identical twins, gets confused between Hunter and Madden. There are a lot of protein bars out there, but none of them taste as good as Built Bar. 18 amazing flavors, mint brownie, coconut almond, just some of our favorites here. Go to builtbar.com, promo code DP, 20% off your purchase. Thank you, folks. We appreciate it. Appreciate your loyalty. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Dan Patrick Show. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.